I'm not ashamed of the gospel of Christ, for it is the power of God and the salvation to everyone that believeth, to the Jew first and also to the Greek. And good morning. We welcome you to Gospel Dynamite, a Christian broadcast dedicated to the winning of the lost and the edification of God's saints. Gospel Dynamite is a ministry of Asbury Baptist Church located at 218 Asbury Church Road, Seagrove, North Carolina. I invite you to visit our church on Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. and Wednesday evenings at 7 o'clock. You're also invited to visit our website, www.asburybaptist.org. In addition, you can reach more messages and more Bible teaching on gospeldynamite.org as well. Now will you join me in studying the Word of God? You're listening to Gospel Dynamite. Thank you for joining us. I invite you to take your Bible, turn with us to Revelation chapter 14, verses 12 and 13. Revelation chapter 14, verses 12 and 13. Bible says in chapter 14, verse 12, Here is the patience of the saints. Here are they that keep the commandments of God and the faith of Jesus. And I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, Write, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the Spirit, that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. As we studied in verses 6 through 11, we listened as angels announced the fact that God had pronounced a sentence on mankind of damnation on this entire world system and all those who refuse to believe the gospel message. Those verses tell us about a horrible place called hell where the lost will suffer in the flames of God's wrath for all eternity. That's a sad and horrible picture. A sad and horrible picture of the future that awaits every person who lives and dies outside of a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. If you're not saved today, I challenge you to examine your life where you're headed. Do you really want to go to hell? You really want to spend eternity separated from God and from everything of beauty, purity, and spirituality. The good news, you do not have to go to hell. You can be saved if you'll come to Jesus and call on him by faith. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10 and verse 9, that if thou shalt confess with thy mouth the Lord Jesus and shalt believe in thine heart that God hath raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Acts chapter 16, verse 31, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved. Now what a contrast there is when we come to verse 12. We leave the wrath and judgment in verses 6 through 11 and we're exposed to the sweet fragrance of God's grace. Having declared his judgment against the wicked, 
God now demonstrates his grace toward the righteous. Having shown us the wicked, God now casts the spotlight on his faithful remnant. He says, you have seen the wicked ones. Now let's take a look at my children. These verses show us what will happen to the saints of God when we leave this world. We've seen the hellish side of death. Now let's examine the heavenly side of death. What waits the sinner is completely out of this world and outlandish in its wrath toward them. God is angry at sin. What waits the saint is glorious. Verse 12, we see the proclamation of their faithfulness. The word patience literally means steadfast endurance. It is the picture of a person who cannot be swayed from their simple faith in and devotion to the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, in spite of the horrors of the tribulation period, and the threats of the Antichrist. These believers have remained faithful to their Lord, and they refuse to bow to this world. They refuse to give their worship to the devil, and they have endured every attack, every affliction, with the confident knowledge that their God was executing an eternal plan. They were faithful even unto death, knowing that, in the end, their faith would be vindicated and Satan and his kingdom would be judged. These people knew that they were part of the victorious people of God even while they suffered. And that is a lesson that we would do well to learn in our day. This world and the devil are always seeking to get us to compromise. There is a constant barrage designed to cause us to abandon God and the way of righteousness. And the devil would love nothing better than for us to get our eyes off Jesus and his will for our lives and our church. He would love for us to lower our standards, relax our hold on our convictions, and abandon the way of righteousness in these days. After all, it would be easier. It would cause the church to be more accepted in the community. It would take some pressure off. The only problem with that is it would offend God. It would cause him to remove his power from our midst. It would cause him to write Ichabod above our doors like he has in countless of the churches. The best course of action in this day is the same course of action chosen by the saints in these verses. It is the course of action articulated by the Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians 15, 58, where he says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, 
Be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We are to stay the course for the glory of God. Now, the world may not appreciate your efforts for Christ, but God does. He sees every sacrifice for his name, and he will reward his people in due time. Matthew 10, 21 and 42, 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 15. Again, we see in verse 12, the proof of their faithfulness. We see the proclamation of their faithfulness, but also in verse 12, we see the proof of their faithfulness. These people demonstrated their faithfulness to the Lord in two distinct ways. They kept his commandments and they kept the faith. Now, when we do as he tells us in his word, we prove, according to John 14 and verse 15, we prove that we love him. And our obedience to the Lord is, is irrefutable evidence that we have experienced the new birth, according to 1 John 2, 3 through 5. And by keeping the faith, these people had refused to deny the Lord Jesus. They had maintained their faith in him, even when doing so, it was costly. Many in the tribulation will go to their death rather than deny the Lord Jesus. Now, how much easier would it be for them to deny him with their lips, even as they embrace him in their hearts? But they're not hypocrites. They will not deny him, even though it will cost them everything. By refusing to worship Antichrist, they will suffer greatly, They will not be able to buy or sell. They will be hunted and hounded and executed for their allegiance to Christ. Yet still, they will remain faithful. These suffering saints set a sterling example for those of us living in these days. As we know, the trend in churches and among church people in our day is to become more like the world. That is the easy path to follow. It gains you favor with the world and it helps you in growing in numbers. However, when you compromise the word of God and water down the gospel message, you literally forfeit the presence and the power of God. You may have a full house, you may have huge crowds, you may have mountains of cash, but there, if, if there is no power, no touch from God, those things amount to less than nothing. How many years did we hear in the Billy Graham Crusades, George Beverly Shea sing that old song, I'd rather have Jesus than silver or gold than to be the king of a vast domain. That's the song. That's the message. I would rather have Christ than have anything the world affords. Now, thirdly, I'd point out to you in verse 13, the prophet of their faithfulness. 
Now, from a worldly point of view, these people gave up a lot for their faith in Jesus Christ. They suffered, they starved, they endured hardships that we cannot even begin to imagine. Men watched their wives and their children starve to death. Mothers watched their children suffer. What did it profit them? What payoff was there in such suffering and pain? This verse tells us about their future. My friend, if you're saved, it tells you about your future as well. At first, we're told that these people who will die in and for Jesus are blessed. This word has the idea of being happy. It means to be supremely blessed. It means to be fortunate, well off. The idea here is that those who die in the Lord leave a harsh, unfriendly world for a much better place. Now, we've often heard it said when a believer dies, well, they're better off. It's true. Paul knew that, and he wrote about that to the church at Philippi in chapter 1 and verse 23. That for me to live is Christ, but to die is gain. 2 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 6. I'm now ready to be offered. The time of my departure is at hand. I've fought a good fight. I've kept the faith. I've, I've finished my course. Henceforth, there's laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, shall give me at that day, and not unto me only, but unto all them that love his appearing. My friend, death for the child of God is not the horrible monster that we've made it out to be. It's nothing more than a doorway that allows us to step out of time into eternity. It is a portal that allows us to leave this land of death and sin and step into that land of life. Death for the child of God is not a grinning devil. It is, it's a smiling friend. A smiling friend that comes to usher us home into the waiting arms of our Savior. Henry Van Dyke wrote a special poem that reveals death for what it is for the child of God. It's called Gone from My Sight. I'm standing upon the seashore. A ship at my side spreads her white sails to the morning breeze and starts for the blue ocean. She is an object of beauty and strength. I stand and watch her until at length she hangs like a speck of white cloud just where the sea and the sky come to mingle with each other. Then someone at my side says, There! She's gone. Gone where? Gone from my sight. That is all. She is just as large in mast and hull and spar as she was when she left my side. And she's just as able to bear her load of living freight to her destined port. Her diminished size is in me, not in her. And just as the moment when someone at my side would say, There, she is gone. 
There are other eyes watching her coming. And other voices are ready to take up the glad shout. Here she comes. That, my friend, is dying. There is no comparison between what we have in this world and what will be ours when we get home to glory. This verse touches on two of the blessings that will hold special importance, specifically for those saints living through the horrors of the tribulation. Number one, they will rest from their labors. These people have labored for Christ in a most difficult day, and now they're going home to rest. In fact, the word labor here does not refer to the act of working, but to the weariness that comes from working. The word literally means a beating. It means grief. It means sorrow or trouble. It can be used to speak of beating the breast out of sorrow. The idea here is of the soldier who has fought in the campaigns and the battles and has grown weary and he needs some rest and relaxation. It pictures the sailor who has helped guide the ship through many terrible storms and he needs to have a shore leave. See, these saints have given their all for Christ while they were here on this earth. And all they got in return was weariness of the flesh and grief and sorrow. Now they can go into the presence of the Lord to rest. In fact, the word rest here means to cease from their labor. It means to cease from labor in order to recover and collect strength. It, it speaks of being in a state of refreshment. There's weariness in the work of God. God's faithful servants get tired, but there's coming a day. There's coming a day of rest and refreshment. Now, it's easy to get weary in the service of the Lord. Take preaching, for instance. Someone has determined that one hour of preaching is equal in stress and physical demand to working at hard manual labor for half a day, and it's equal to a full day of office work. I'm not so certain that that's exactly true, but I can tell you that preaching tires me out, and I preached as many times as five times in a day. There are some Sundays when I go home thoroughly exhausted from preaching, mingle in sermon preparation, necessary duties, or whatever. You're talking about a recipe for weariness. And many of you are weary in the battle today. It gets hard to live for Jesus in a world that just doesn't care about him or righteousness. It's difficult to live godly in a godless world. It makes you weary. I want to encourage you, precious saint of God, there's coming a day of rest. And one day we'll step out of this world and we will enter his presence. And when we arrive there, we will have laid aside the burdens, the cares, and the labor of this life. We will be able to find refreshment in his presence. By the way, 
He knows how to refresh us here too. He can give you strength sufficient for your days, Deuteronomy 33, 25. Therefore, let us carry on in spite of the weariness we feel from time to time. Let us not come to that place where we throw up our hands and say, what's the use? God, help us to look beyond this hard hour and see a day when we stand complete in his presence. Secondly, I would point out here, not only do we see that they rest from their labors, but they will be rewarded for their labors. We're told that their works do follow them. In other words, their labor for the Lord in that dark day was not in vain. God saw everything they did for his glory and he rewards them for all of it. And that's how it will be for the children of God one day. We will stand in his presence and he will reward us for the things he has allowed us to do for his glory. 1 Corinthians 3, 10 through 15. He saved us by his grace. He gave us his spirit. Anything we have ever done for him has been because he enabled us to do it. And yet... He's going to reward us. Isn't that amazing? But I know what we will do with those rewards. We will cast them at his feet. We will praise him for his grace in salvation and in service. Revelation 4, 9 through 11. We sing the song, what a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see and the look upon his face, the one that saved me by his grace. And when he takes me by the hand and leads me through that promised land, what a day, glorious day that will be. And friend, it will be a glorious day when we leave this world to go to our reward. Now, in closing, the contrast in the destinations of the lost and the saved could not be more different. Those who reject Jesus Christ will spend eternity apart from his presence in hell. Those who receive him will enjoy an eternity spent in his presence in heaven. Five seconds after you die, you will already be exactly where you're going to spend eternity. Friend, look at your heart right now. Where would you go if you died within the next hour? Would you go to heaven? Would you go to hell? 
Are you content with the place you're headed right now? Would you like to be saved? You can be if you will come to Jesus. And here is his promise to you in John chapter 6 and verse 47. Jesus said in John 6 and verse 47, Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that believeth on me hath everlasting life. If you will come to him, he will amaze you at what he will do in you and for you, both here and there. So we must ask you the question, are you born again? If so, you should praise him for what you have here and what you will enjoy there and what you will avoid during the Great Tribulation. Are you faithfully serving Jesus Christ today? Or have you allowed everything in the world to get in front of serving Christ? Have you allowed coldness and compromise to enter your heart? Have you allowed bitterness? Have you allowed anything from Satan, carnality, to enter into your heart and life? that has swayed you and caused you to grow cold toward Christ. My question, has he spoken to you through this message, through his word? Has he spoken to you and he decided he wants to convict you and your heart of what you have in place of him? If so, please respond as he calls. If so, please respond to him in prayer and ask him, Oh God, what would you have me do? Would you please forgive me for what I've done? Would you please guide me back to yourself? Would you please restore that fellowship? Would you please... Would you please renew the joy of my salvation? Friend, come to Christ and come to him now. Thank you for listening to our broadcast today. We trust it's been a blessing. Trust you'll have a great week in the Lord. Log on to our website, gospeldynamite.org, and let us know if you've accepted Christ or this message has helped you. God bless you and we trust you have a great day in the Lord.